episode 121 of the IG Practice Management. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trostclair, and today we're Dr. Peter Wishney's perspective. Join 2017 and 2018 Podcast Awards nominated host as we get a behind the curtain look at all types of doctors and guest specialties. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. Welcome back to this Tuesday. Got a great show for you. How you been liking the podiatry series so far? An Australian, United Kingdom, so far away, but oh so similar. I think they had some really good ideas and tips to help you practice. I hope you're just feeling the same way. And today we have a United States guy, Dr. Peter Wishney. Uh, he is a certified John Maxwell leadership coach, as well as still in private practice for the past 29 years. His specialty is in pediatrics, as well as athletes. Not necessarily pediatric athletes, but, you know, athletes in general. And we'll talk about that a little bit. But the main crux of the interview is about the, the practice management side. Uh, we'll go with simple things like answering the phone properly, not like doctor's office. Of course, that's a horrible way to do it. Copays and deductibles. What's the issues? Is it the doctor, the staff, the patient themselves? So we'll talk about it. Uh, adding services ethically, of course, that generate more revenue as well as get better patient outcomes. He goes over two marketing ideas that you can do when, once you write yourself a little book or like a little extended pamphlet. And uh, one of them, at least I'd never heard of before, so I thought that was a really cool piece to hear. What's a Rainmaker Day? I'll spoil a little bit. It's a day off, but it's what you do on that day off that makes it the Rainmaker Day so special. And near the end, he gives lots of books, tips to help with all the roles that you have in life so there's more balance and a way to get two weeks off without destroying your finance. I know that's important for me. It's important for you. So tune in today. I want to share with you a couple of the reviews, testimonies of things that I've heard. Here's one. Olivier Roy said, That felt like a therapy, basically, for me, asking those questions, all those, like, you know, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? How can you make it better? So it was good for me to do it also. Putting this together, it's such a good idea. I I think you inspired me to do something like that on my side, you know? Uh, G. Mark Strong really liked him. He did the uh, laser interview. He actually bundled our interview together with a package. So if you bought a laser, you'd actually get a USB drive with a bunch of different things, including that interview. So that's really cool. And I got some interesting news. They should start coming out maybe May 1st, somewhere around there. I'm going to do these little mini-sodes. Tell me what you think, okay? I think for the last six months, I've thought about it and I just didn't do anything with it, but I want to do it now. When I'm finished listening to a podcast, I'm going to take a couple minutes and give you the recap of whatever I listened to. And they're going to be called like a mini-sode. And I've already recorded several, but I was like at the gym and then I was by like a water fountain. So the audio quality could be bad. So I'm kind of debating on if I should just listen to it and then re-record them on a good mic in my little studio. That way the, the, the quality is better, but the spontaneity won't be quite as strong. So I'll take a listen, see what they sound like. Um, and they'll just be released in between the normal Tuesday shows. We'll see. I'll do half dozen, a dozen maybe. And then y'all tell me what you think about them and I'll either continue it or stop. But it's a nice way to see where I'm coming at. And if you have any suggestions on the podcast episode specifically that I should listen to because it's just so good, send me a private message on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and I'll listen to it and give my little summary. P.S. Leave me a review on your favorite podcast listening app. You can go to doctorsperspective.net slash subscribe. And on that page, it sends you directly to the show on different things like Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever you like. It's right there. Make it real simple and easy. Uh, and if you want to uh, support the show by the host a cup of coffee or more, just go to uh, .net slash support. Thanks for tuning in. Let's jump back into the podiatry series. 
All the show notes can be found at a doctorsperspective.net slash one two one. Let's go hashtag behind the curtain. Live from China and New Jersey. Today on the podcast, we have a doctor of podiatry who's been doing it for so long. And as usually these things go, they get good at it. They've learned some systems. And all of a sudden, it's like, man, I can actually help more people by helping other doctors. Imagine that. So he's created a system. And it's not just him. There's some people behind the scenes and there's some other uh, people out there teaching as well. But his thing is called toppractices.com. Please welcome to the show, Dr. Peter Wishney. Thank you so much, Justin. It's great to be here and talk about everything you're doing and we're doing to help so many people out there. Oh, fantastic. We always have to start an interview with a little bit of the backstory and why podiatry and then, you know, your clinic's successes and then where you are today. So cool. give us a little, a little brief intro about that and then we'll jump into some of the, the meat and potatoes of the interview. Sounds great. So... First, I wanted to be a doctor, and it was a pediatrician. And because when I was nine years old, I had um, bad asthma as a childhood, in my childhood, and I kept on going to doctors, and they always made me feel better. So I said, well, I feel great when I go to doctors. I was an unusual kid. You know, I wanted to go to the doctor to feel (laughs) Feel better. I wanted the injection in my arm because that was going to make me feel better. So I always want to be a pediatrician. But then as I got older, realizing that pediatricians work some crazy hours, the kids are fantastic, but the parents are sometimes uh, paying you, you know, calling you like two in the morning, three in the morning for like 100.5, you know, degree temperature kind of thing. So I love sports medicine. Again, love helping people. I love instant gratification. That's where podiatry comes in because I treat a lot of athletes. Um, you come in most of the time, you're in pain. You know, I do a few things, make you feel better. Just like a chiropractor does. You got an instant gratification where I have this joke where if you go to a, a doctor, a medical doctor with a cold, they'll give you some pills. And if you take the pills, you're better in a week. If you don't, you're better in seven days. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so, I mean... It takes time to make people feel better, and I like the instant gratification. Plus, the hours are great. Um, all kinds of people, when you're dealing with the foot, I'm dealing with all kinds of problems, anywhere from dermatological, neurological, um, orthopedic. So everything on the foot and ankle, I, I can, so it's a big scope just for a small body part. So that, that's how it led me to that. So that's something I didn't realize as much. I always think of podiatry with the past episodes, it was going to be, you know, ulcers and nails and, and fun, you know, all the, the those types <laughs> of things. And what I'm exploring is actually the whole athletic side to the whole profession where, you know, you can work for team doctors and go to the Olympics and you can, you know, focus on all these things. I, I didn't think about asking this, but I was going to now. <laughs> Who are your competitors when you're out there and you're going to go start marketing? So that's a great question. So... I'm going to answer that first with saying there's no such thing as a competitor. And that's probably my maturity coming in. Um, I didn't think that when I was 29 years old opening my practice. But there's enough out there for everyone. I don't have that scarcity mentality. You know, it's there's podiatrists down the block for me. When I, I'm 58 years old. So 29 years ago when I started my practice, a lot of the older orthopedists, in the United States and the East Coast especially, have problems with us. 
Um, but the newer guys just love us. And, and that's because, you know, this is what we do. And they understand that. There's orthopedists who specialize in foot care. And, and that's fantastic. There's enough for all the podiatrists, the chiropractors, the orthopedists. There's enough for all of us. And the day that we learn to work together, the day we actually take care and help more and more people quicker. Because we do different things. We look at di things at a different angle. You know, as a podiatrist, I'm looking at it as a biomechanical. Even though I'm doing surgery, I'm looking at how can I help them biomechanically and get them to walk better versus just getting that toe straight. Um, so I'm looking at all different uh, dimensions kinds of, kind of things. So I don't believe we have comp competition. And when it comes to marketing, you are marketing to the public on what they want and they need. And if you do more of it and you're more consistent with it and better than anybody else, you're the winner. See, I forget about the ortho sometimes. Obviously, there's going to be someone who specializes in feet, and that's what they do all day long. Right. But I'm thinking they're probably only in majors. Well, I don't know where they are, to be honest. But I'm guessing the bread and butter for an ortho is probably not reconstructing a foot. And so they're probably like excited, like in most of America. Right. They're probably excited to have a podiatrist nearby. They're like, oh, thank goodness. Whew. Right. I don't like feet. <laughs> I'm not exactly. even good at them. So that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah, I was giving you a hard time. Oh. We say the same thing in chiropractic. Like, nobody, you know, we're always like, physical therapy is our competitor. And you're like, well, not really. They do different things, too. Yeah. And it's about educating the public. Yeah, I, I love all you guys. I go, I go to a chiropractor, like, every other week, and I work out, and they just, you guys help me a lot. So, I love you guys. One more quick question on this. You got podiatry. We're trying to advertise. We're trying to get more patients. When I was in Denver, I don't recall seeing, but maybe one or two podiatry clinics ever like print advertising because in about 2008 and nine, they were still, you know, that's what we still did. We didn't just do Facebook all day. Right. But <laughs> I'll find out after I release all these uh, podiatry episodes. We'll, we'll see how much my Facebook feed turns into um, podiatry, <laughs> everything <laughs> in the ads. But the point is, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of podiatries actually out there marketing. So to me, that makes it, that's an easy. It's easier to educate the public when there's not so many messages out there because it's like, oh, you're the only guy in town that actually markets. <laughs> so, so, I'm, I'm going to tell you a story. You're going to like this story. So I guess it depends on location because being in uh, Jersey, New York, New Jersey, there's so many of us here. And um, I bought a practice from uh, a man and, um, and then there's a podiatry group right across the street from me. And I remember this was back in 1989. Yellow Pages was very big. And mm. Yellow Page guy comes in, and um, I put in a quarter-page ad. And then a year later, I see my competitors across the street put in a quarter-page ad with color. And then I added color, and they did a half-page ad. And they had a, a exam, a, like an exam come into my office for a free exam. And then I realized the state of New Jersey really can't do free exams and treat them within a 72-hour period. So I did a dollar exam so I could treat them right away. So, <laughs> so it, was like, it was like a Coke and Pepsi war for a couple of years going. Um, but, yeah, so now marketing is so different. Um, marketing is what you're doing and I'm doing, um, getting the information out there. And there are people – now could see if you're real. They can go online and see your videos and, and, and believe in you immediately, feel like they have a trust factor with you before coming into the practice. Uh, doctors around me uh, are afraid that these big groups are buying out these small offices 
and then they're referring within each other. So a medical doctor will refer to a podiatrist within this big conglomerate and right. they get all the patients. But here is the issue. Here's the thing that's a good thing. In the United States of America, the patients, the clients, the customers control everything. We decide which restaurant we want to go to. We decide which doctor we want to go to based on how comfortable we are, unless unfortunate we are uh, not in that position where we can make that decision and we have to go to a clinic maybe, um, unfortunately. Uh, or sometimes that's good. Some, there are a lot of good clinics out there, and that's glad, I'm glad they have them. But in the most part, patients will then, you know, your, Dr. Jones refers Mary to another podiatrist. What is, you know, Mary going to do right away? Taking out her phone, looking up the doctor and sees he has one review and it's a bad review. Right. And then, but sees my, I'm like on the top and I got 150 reviews and with a 4.8 average kind of thing. And I'm actually even closer to her in, in location. So they're going to call me, even though the doctor recommended this other doctor, but he recommended the other doctor because that doctor is in the group and they have to refer within. So to me, it's still about being the best doctor the best office that's organized that gives the best care and best customer service, what I call wow service, you're always going to win. You're always going to win if you do that. Did you have to inform the patient that they don't have to go to the referral that you gave? It's not like it's a PPO or this is the only people that you can go see. Are patients aware that they could actually so Google and find you? The people in those groups just tell you where they recommend you to go. Um, some people will say you have to go here because it's in the you know in this group. But if you still take the insurance because other doctors oh, yeah. the insurance still outside the group, then they're going to do what they want to do anyway. So okay. um, yeah, and that's the thing. And then you're going to have people who um, who where maybe the other doctors are not taking their insurance, so they'll stay within the group. Okay. Do you happen to teach? The copywriting. I wasn't sure if it was you or if it was somebody else in your group that kind of teaches that. So, so Rem Jackson, um, he owns a company called Top Practices, and now there's two entities of Top Practices. One is oh. marketing, and he does a lot of that. And then Tina Del Bruno, she's an office manager in California for her husband's practice, and myself do the practice management aspect. And so um, I have a course that's the getting your nights and weekends back, it's the seven secrets. Tina has a course about her, the practice too and making it run simply and smoothly. And and Rem does a copywriting course. Okay. So we'll skip that part. Okay. That's the, <laughs> I was looking, obviously I was looking, looking at the website. I'm like, all right, what are some good questions to find out? <laughs> so on this, I did see something about answering the phone correctly. Right. That's you. That's me. Okay. So we'll talk about the clients that you like to have. I know it's not going to be every podiatrist with a pulse, but um, <laughs> so you know no, what I'm talking not, about. Yeah. All right. So you've got your niche of the clients that you like to see, and you got to answer the phone correctly. As a chiropractor, physical therapy, some of us are saying we're getting out of network. We don't want to take insurance, or sometimes the client, client, bleh, <laughs> the client just wants to know, hey, do you take my insurance? What's the fee going to cost? And you're like, whoa, back up. That's not the first question that you should be asking. Right. So what's... I kind of set you up on that one, but what is your top one complaint that you typically have with the way podiatrists answer the phone? And what's the scenario that we can immediately Monday morning 
switch cool. to get so people scheduled. So the purpose of answering the phone is to develop relationships. When you develop, that's the purpose of social media too, developing relationships amongst people. And my actually phone scenario has not changed in those 29, 28, 29 years. So the biggest problem that all doctors office, the biggest pet peeve is the phone rings and your staff member answers the phone, doctor's office. Now, which doctor? Am I calling the gynecologist? Am I calling the podiatrist, the chiropractor? You know, doctor's office. And then there's like, not like doctor's office, like um, with the smile on your face, like doctor's office. It's so cold. Okay, you want boo, to, boo, boo, absolutely boo, yeah, <laughs> big boo. You want to have a, you want to make sure your staff members are bubbly and they and they just like want to help these people and get them in the office. So we start off by saying, "Thank you for calling Family Foot and Ankle Specialists. This is now mention your name." You know, this is Ashley. How am I help you today? Now, I got to tell you, I once called a chiropractor's office. Was, she was wonderful. She was absolutely amazing. She would say, it's a marvelous Monday at so-and-so chiropractic. It's a terrific Tuesday. And, and she would, the first thing I guess she would have to do every single day is figure out what day of the week it is. <laughs> Early in the morning, I have a call me. I think it's Wednesday. So it's a wonderful Wednesday today. Okay, got it. <laughs> That's awesome. Right, yeah. So the first thing is, Make sure you just smile, and some people have like uh, mirrors by their phones, so they can see themselves smile. If you smile, you can't be grumpy with a smile on your face. It's sort of hard to do that. So smile, welcome them. Um, the insurance stuff, all that we ask at the end, okay? And we don't even ask what is your insurance because I still think it's cold. We get around that by saying, does your insurance require a referral? Now, most patients have no clue if they, it does or does not. And they go, I don't know. So, okay, we want to help you with that. Make sure if you need one, you'll get one in advance. So what is your insurance? So now we have the insurance information. And the whole point of that is we can verify their benefits before they come in. And then we know what we can do. We know what we can't do. Or we can do everything. But we need to tell them this is not covered. This is how much it costs. And the patient knows what things cost before we actually do it, or an estimate, a good, a good close enough estimate. And that's all people yeah. want today. They don't expect um, you to be perfect, but they don't want a surprise bill of a couple hundred dollars when you know they didn't expect it. So, you know, when we'd answer the phone, it was always, "I can get you scheduled." Why are you? And the theory was, "Why are you calling the doctor's office?" <laughs> well, I'm hoping that you're trying to schedule. Hope your new patient trying to schedule. Right. And if you're talking about money, well. Man, that's very few people that are calling to dispute a bill. Is yeah. usually they need an appointment or something. So, yes, yeah, that's true. One of the things that we did, we always wanted to get to like it's like a pre-consultation. You know, your staff is supposed to be trained in what you can do, what you expect, and so just having them kind of do a mock. Oh, your knee hurts. Well, let's talk about that for a second, and then you kind of bring it back to the foot. And you're like, okay, cool. Now you actually have a foot problem. Yes. Right. We can definitely te- check it out. The doctor's great at that. Why don't you come on in? Right. And as it has a point, Justin, you having a conversation with a patient. But doctors are saying, well, we don't have time. The phones are going crazy. We don't have time to have that kind of re- – develop that rapport with that patient over the phone so quickly uh, on the call. It is vital to your practice to develop relationships. Not to be on the phone forever, but you have to 
like not cut them off either and interrupt them, put them on hold. And the biggest problem most doctor's offices, they do not have enough staff to answer the phone. And every single person in my office is course trained to answer the phone because that's what happens. The phone cannot like keep on ringing past three rings. It has to be picked up by the third ring. Uh, that's again, a customer service doing something your neighbors, your competitors are not doing. It's inexpensive and it sets you apart from other people. I mean, that's the worst. It's Bob's office. Please hold. Right. Whoa. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> you don't know how long you're going to be on hold for? Yeah. As a client, he's like, oh, no, I hate that. You know, it's worse when, when doctor's offices call me and they, they say, hold on for Dr. Bob. And they're, and they're going like, you call me. Why am I waiting for you? <laughs> right? Bob, why didn't you just call? Let's call you, right? <laughs> you know, something we do as chiropractors, we usually will call the patient after their first visit. And it's such a wow factor. They're like, whoa, the doctor actually called you? are like, yeah, we want to make sure you're doing okay. Right. And it makes the wow factor. They remember, they're like, wow, Dr. Trosker actually called me. You're like, yeah, we didn't have 30 new patients today. I have time to call three or four. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's not that hard. Absolutely. You can do it while you drive if you really want That's to. That's what we do. My, my marketing person sends me their phone numbers uh, through a text, and I just click on the phone number while I'm driving, and it goes through my Bluetooth, and I call the patient. Do you have to have issues with podiatrists collecting copays and deductibles? Oh, uh, we have issues where they're not doing it. That's the issue. Uh, yeah, what's that about? <laughs> what's that about? <laughs> That's about because people, you know what? Doctors are afraid to ask for money. And they forget how much um, they're offering and giving to that patient, what their value is. When co-pays are like, you know, $30, $35, the patient knows they have to pay for this. Um, so he asks for it. Just say, how would you like to pay for that? Or not versus like, will you pay for that? It's real easy. The insurance company actually requires you to pay, ask for it and collect it because it's sort of going against the policies of not collecting it. And then every time for a $35 co-pay, every time you send a statement out, you're losing money on the $35, and when you're not getting reimbursed properly, you can't afford to lose that. Collecting everything that you possibly can up front is huge. And Tina, by the way, has a course on that. It's great. The things you need to say and do and ask, you shouldn't be afraid. Patients expect you to discuss money with them today. So just ask, that's all. The problem is they're not asking. It's not like they're not, patients are not paying, they're not asking. Now, there are patients who, to be honest with you, there are patients who give you a hard time and what have you, but you have to, from the first visit, make them know that you're going to be collecting it every single time they come in. Right. It's not my fault you have a $5,000 deductible right. that you haven't met. Yeah, but you could, while doing that, you, you show some empathy saying, you know what, it is crazy. It's the way the healthcare system's going. I have a high deductible myself, and you have a high deductible, but... I'm just the middle guy here, and that's what I'm supposed to do, but you know what the situation is. If you could satisfy my curiosity real quick, are a lot of services that y'all do covered by insurance? Like, you know, if we do an insert, like an orthotic, good luck getting that paid for. It's all cash. And we're like, yay. <laughs> but, for your prof- you know, but for your profession, that's kind of like a bread and butter thing that yes. y'all do. Right. Are they more likely to cover it? It's, uh, we have a lot, of, a lot of insurance companies do cover them. And some don't. Some it's based on uh, diagnosis, and you have to go through that whole rigmarole of 
checking that out and pre-certification or what have you. Mm-hmm. Here's my like takeaway or my opinion. We are treating patients. I tell my associates, don't look at the insurance information immediately when you see them. You're treating the patient. You have options A, B, and C in my practice. So if A is not covered, maybe B is covered or maybe B's will help them, but give them what they need. Don't assume that they can afford it or not. Um, if if the custom orthotic is better than the accommodative over-the-counter orthotic, then basically tell them that's what they need. Now, if they really can't afford it, tell them, you know what, I understand. Um, we do have something for you. It's not going to be permanent. It's not going to give you as much control, but it's better than nothing, and you have it. But don't give people more than they need. Give them exactly what they need, when they need it, no matter what. So that's what's going to make you a, a really good doctor because, as my, this is why I say all the time, Mary refers Joan to your practice. Joan needs orthotics. Joan can't afford the orthotic. It's not covered by insurance. Joan does not get the orthotic. Joan walks out of your office without nothing in his shoe, without any kind of help. Joan, Joan walks out and sees Mary. Mary says, I thought I sent you to Dr. Wishney. Why are you still limping? So now, and what's Joan going to say? Joan's not going to say, I can't afford the orthotic. That's embarrassing, right? She was, mm-hmm. She's going to say, Dr. Wishney could not help me. So yep. now who looks bad? I look bad. So yeah. I have to do something like, you know, to help her any way I can and work with her, with her uh, insurance and or what have you. But you give the people what they need, no matter if it's covered or not, because that's the right thing to do. And then you work with your, your insurance or lack of insurance. And I do have a couple more direct questions. Sure. But first, we'll spin it to this. So what are the type of clients that you enjoy working with and would want to have cool. for yourself? Right. So I'm uh, the podiatrist to Rutgers University. So I treat a lot of the athletes. I love athletes. Um, so weekend athletes, professional athletes, collegiate athletes, you know, even just the everyday kind of person trying to get in shape and they don't really know how to get in shape. So I like working on those kind of people. I love children. Like I said, I used to want to be a pediatrician. Uh, children are fantastic. I love putting smiles on their faces. They come in scared because why? Their parents freak them out. <laughs> they freak them out. They're like, what? doctor's going to give you a needle. Just be tough, Johnny. Be tough. Be cool. You know, <laughs> and, and, you know, and then, then I don't give them the injection. You go, woo. I feel like, you know, a hero here. So they're great. Heel pain, tendonitis, tendinopathies, you know, um, those kind of injuries I love. The one thing that I'm not, personally, I have other doctors in my practice that do this. I'm not a big lover of wound care. And the reason why I got into podiatry, I said, is instant gratification. Wound care is something that you keep on working at it, working at it. And eventually, hopefully, if they follow your instructions, they get better. And most of the time, they have this problem because they're not following your instructions and it's frustrating and it's just not yeah. my, and I'm so happy and glad there's so many of us that love that and get a thrill of doing that. And cause they, they need that. They need those kind of doctors, but that's not my kind of thing. And what about doctors that would hire you? Nobody hires me. <laughs> oh, no, no. I never worked for anybody. Right? be doctors hired. What do you mean? No, 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 no. Like, uh, cause you're kind of like a coach. Oh, those are my coaching part, yeah. not the medical part, the coaching part. Yes. 
Uh, <laughs> what, what about what? Uh, so that's that's the passion of mine too. So I am still a full time podiatrist, working seeing patients three days a week. Uh, Fridays I do surgeries. Um, I do two to three cases every Friday. On Wednesdays it's my rainmaker day. That's another takeaway. You need a day off to work on your business, and I do that. I'm half the day on my practice and half a day, and as well as Fridays on my coaching. I'm a John Maxwell leadership coach, certified leadership coach. Um, if anybody's heard of John Maxwell, he's written many, many books on leadership. He's a fantastic guy, speaker. Um, I love listening to Tony Robbins, all those motivational guys. And that's where I see myself headed as a motivational leadership uh, coach for doctors because the problem with doctors who complain of, I don't have enough time, I'm working too hard, not getting paid enough, is not sl slowing down enough to speed up, not taking the time to teach others to be leaders in your practice where they can make decisions and delegate and get more things done than you alone. We tend as physicians to micromanage. We are perfectionists by trade. We go to school. We get yelled at if things are not perfect. So we pass that down and you know, to other doctors and to our staff. Everything has to be perfect, but we don't trust them. So we're doing more than we should. So we need to learn to let go, to train our staff properly, and to lead them and make them better leaders, which makes them feel better. You get more work done. You get to be home more. And that is where it starts. And then you develop systems and protocols and everything you do in a business. But we tend to, like I said, try to do everything for everyone instead of asking them questions and thinking, well, asking them how do, what you think is the right answer. What would you do in this situation versus just doing it for them or telling them what they should do? So that's what I love. I'm writing a book um, on practice management and hopefully be the, the book for podiatrists and eventually all the doctors to go to for practice management. But then I want to get into uh, more leadership material and motivational stuff. Mm, you're very, very good. Thank you. <laughs> Do you have to hire nurses or depends on the type of podiatry clinic that you have? Depends on the state. I would love to hire a nurse. state? Yeah. The state is oh, So some states have some old, old laws that nobody took the time to like look into and change. Uh, huh. Like New Jersey, we cannot oversee an RN in our practice. Uh, but in a lot of states, they can. So they can come in and to breed nails and calluses and corns and do wound care and things like that. Too. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So and get it off of your plate and less expensive than another doctor where that's a new thing. Nurse practitioners, medical doctors are hiring nurse practitioners instead of other physicians because they just, they're a lot of them, not everyone, but a lot of them is very meticulous um, and they do a better job. The notes are better and they spend a little more time with the patients. So, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, because we have the same issue. Well, we don't need nurses in chiropractic land because we don't ever do anything that requires their particular skills. But I'm thinking if you're doing wound care, it'd be nice to be able to pass that off to somebody else right. while you focus on the surgeries or mobilizing the foot for an athlete or something like that that you know you, you're the only one that can do. Yeah. Um, but you have CAs, chiropractic assistants, and 
and yeah, yeah, massage, you know, massage, massage. And we might per- do a personal trainer or an athletic trainer if we're trying to do a lot of rehab, and you're like. I just want somebody better than just the front desk person. Right. You know, a lot of times we cross train as well because you don't want to have somebody out and then, oh no, who's going to answer the phone or teach rehab today? And you're like, ah, I got to do it all. <laughs> so it, <laughs> it doesn't work well. No, no, it does. Do you encourage people to write books if they can? For regarding podiatry and for patients? Yeah. Patient. Like if I was a podiatrist, do you recommend me writing a book that I oh. can like give to the clients? Oh, it's, okay. So we have, um, these, uh, I guess that's too many angles for you. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's these electronic books and slash little mini books, mini books, bigger than a pamphlet, but like right. on uh, uh, how to take care of your heel pain and diabetic foot care. And it is great when you're like at an event, like um, a health screening, a, a, a race where people then sign up for the free book. Mm. Now you have the email, so you have permission, right? And then you mail the book. I like it. Now, when they get the book, guess what's going to happen? Uh, they, it's a nice book. It's a booklet, but they're not, they're not going to throw it out. It's just going to stay on the counter. They're not going to really read it right away or maybe never. But every week, you send them excerpts of the book, and mm. we found that they're local around the 13th time. So we do a few things. We'll send them an email. We'll actually mail them something, maybe like a CD interview. So they'll get something every week for about 13 weeks. Well, actually 18 weeks. Around the 13th week, they usually make an appointment, our studies have shown. And because they're like, oh, now my foot is really getting worse. Okay. Yeah. And, my, and so now I, have to do, now I have to do something. And I keep on getting these emails from this Wishney character. So uh, let, let, I don't, I don't not even read those, but his name keeps on popping up here. So now I'm making the appointment. Audience, if you haven't heard that before, I, this is my first time hearing it. I just pulled something out of there. You know, if you've written a book or if you need to write a book about top seven exercises or whatever, like he just said, based on whatever it is that you do, I care. That's great. You get their email, you get them the book, a real book, or you can e-copy it to them. And then, like you said, a drip campaign with different parts that you think are most important out of the chapter. And, if the, you know, it's just a little book, you know, maybe 20 pages is what I'm guessing. Right. Yep. But that's like you said, like each page is almost a, an excerpt that you can email. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, I don't know what to create Uh, because there's always that. What email should I write? I don't know how to do it. I don't have good stories, uh, blah, blah, blah. You've already written it. So, wow, that's great. And now you just have to write a few extra little sentences in the beginning and end of that. And now you've got a drip campaign for a, a cold audience and to warm them up. Oh, my goodness. Fantastic. Right. <laughs> I just recapped everything. That's but great. That was the take home point for me. If I don't go into anything else from this interview, that was a really good point. That's great. Uh, <laughs> which I did already. I got more. <laughs> but um, you mentioned something that I think is pretty cool. And I heard it on a different podcast, a Rainmaker Day. Mm-hmm. What is that? Okay, Rainmaker Day. You make your things rain. You're making it happen. You're like all those things that you want to do. Like you're talking about this marketing. I got these great marketing ideas. When am I going to do this? That's the day. That's the day where you maybe analyze your numbers. How is your office doing this month compared to the last month? What are our weaknesses? How do we strengthen them? You come up with some ideas and list. And like I said, if you have a great staff, you can take that list and delegate this during your meetings, not all at once, but slowly, and then and let's get the most important things done. 
But if it's like some marketing, let's say, what's the one thing we can do um, that will get more patience in? Then you work on it. Like now you're just talking about the ebook. That's a great day to start writing the ebook. Okay. And um, another thing I, I learned is during on your Rainmaker Day, because this is this is hard. This is hard for people. You know, when you have patients, you go see your patients, whatever it is, your clinic hours are nine to five, you see patients from nine to five, and you go home. On your Rainmaker Day, you have the whole day. And you have the tendency to like fill a Stay in with other stuff, dental appointments, you know, other things. Going to go to dry cleaners. Going to do, going to, you know, what? Why not? It's a cold day out there. I'm going to make a new kind of soup, <laughs> you know. <Yeah. laughs> so you, you tend to like maybe waste the time, but you need to like actually set your schedule for like, okay, I'm going to get to the office by nine, from nine to ten. This is what I'm going to work on. One hour increments where you stop, then you pause for like ten minutes to relax. Um, studies have shown that things work better that way, 50 minutes to one hour at the most. And I have a cube timer and I just set it for whatever, 30 minutes, an hour, and I just sit there until that timer goes off. And even if I'm working on something, that's a time I will then switch to something else. Okay. Because these are the things I need to get done for the day. Um, so, and you do that. Saturday or? Oh, that's my Wednesdays. Wednesday. My Wednesdays during the week. You don't don't take family time away. Don't take you know your weekends away. There's no reason for that. That's my Wednesday. And people say, well, I'm going to start off, dip my toe in the water, take two hours. Two hours goes by so quickly, and you feel like you have accomplished nothing. You'll be amazed that if you took the day off, you will make more money that week. I promise you. Then when you worked all five days seeing your patients, because I will tell you by the end of the week you're exhausted. And those, those patients on Thursday night or Thursday afternoon are not as productive as the ones on Monday and Tuesday. But Dr. Wishney, I only wanted to work four days a week. Now I'm back to five. Do I have to go to three days a week of seeing patients? <laughs> One day, rainer day, so I can still have that extra day off? <laughs> so, <laughs> so whatever it is, I see patients three days a week, so my Rainmaker day. Okay, so you can have whatever you want. Okay. Yeah. You also that's your rainmaker day is going to tell you that answer because that day is mm-hmm. going to say, well, I this is these are my bills. I need to cover my bills plus I need you know whatever more than my bills and those including your salary, and then I want more. This is then this is my per visit value. How much how much am I making per visit? So I either need to bring in some more services per patient to increase that revenue, or also and or more patients. Do I have am I, is my schedule totally booked every single 10, 15 minutes? Or do I have like lag time that I could put patients in and use that time? Okay. So there's ways to do that, maybe to a point where you bring in another doctor. But you shouldn't be necessarily have to work a lot, lot more. And if you are seeing patients three days a week, when are you actually figuring out what you need to do for your practice? How, when are you going to be the CEO of your practice? What day, what time? You need to schedule that. Obviously, this will be a, whatever is ethical and what the patient needs and clinically relevant. But what are some services, just like a list you know, off the top of your head, that podiatrists may not even realize that they could offer to increase revenue, even if it requires them to purchase a $20,000 laser or right. something? Right. Are there services that you're just like, oh, you, you don't do the X, Y, and Z? Come on, man. Where are you at? Right. 
So lasers are a big one, big hot topic. Lasers for nail fungus, lasers for pain. People don't buy those services or purchase the equipment because, one, they assume again that patients won't pay for that kind of service. The answer really is they're not confident that the product works, which is fine. You have to believe in your product. You have to believe in your products. You have to believe in everything. So um, do what I did. I had a discomfort in my shoulder from lifting and I got a few laser treatments that made me feel better. I've asked uh, patients from other doctors' offices what they thought about the laser directly and they said that it helped them. Now, I'm not looking for 100% cure because everything, there's no such thing as 100% cure. I'm looking for something that is non-invasive that they want because they don't want surgery, they're willing to pay for and it, it helps in the majority of the cases. And then when I have that believability, it's so easy to uh, sell the service. So um, the same thing for nail fungus. It doesn't cure every nail fungus, but I know that the really, really severe cases, I'm not going to use that laser, okay, because it's just not going to help. I'm not going to take their money, okay. So we have that. I do. Now I'm getting to more involved with stem cells, um, amniotic tissue uh, that I am injecting for partially torn tendons and without surgery. I'm healing tendon tears, and patients are like, great, I didn't have to miss that much work, I didn't have surgery, it didn't cost me that much money, and it's um, a wonderful thing that I tell people to look into. Hey, mentioning that, if somebody tears their Achilles tendon, no boy. <laughs> a podiatrist the person to go to, or should you go to orthopedic for something like that? Great question, okay. Again, like everything else, not all orthopedists will work on the Achilles tendon, and uh Majority of podiatrists do. I mean, we work on it, but not everybody is actually trained to repair it. But most of us are. Okay, I would like like probably over ninety percent of us are. It's where you feel comfortable is the answer. We both can do the job. Uh, I offer twenty four seven in my office. You injure yourself, don't go to the emergency room. It costs you more money, and you'll wait there for two days. <laughs> Just call us up, and some one of us will be there to help you out and do that. Okay. Yeah, I was just kind of thinking real quick. I was like, wow, I had a patient one time. It ended his career. He tore it, and he was never the same, and he was really disappointed by it. And uh, yeah, I was like, hmm, I didn't even think to ask where he went or what doctor touched him. You know, I just... Right. It does. Yeah. And that's one thing that's nice, I think, about the podcast is I always ask these types of questions with most of the, the guests because you don't know where to send patients sometimes. Like, oh, well, I'll just send them here. But actually, a better option would have been this person. You're like, oh, or this certification. You're like, oh, wow, okay. Now I know for next time. <laughs> the, the answer is like, you know what, where, who, who does what the most? Okay? Yeah, Who's, who does it? This is what they do. This is their bread and butter, and this is like nothing to them. Be, besides uh, John Maxwell, do you have any other influential guys that shape your philosophy and the way that you manage? Or is that kind of the main guy? That's well, fair too. that's uh, one of my leadership guys. I, um, I read a lot of Brendan Bouchard. Um, I said Anthony Robbins. Um, there's a guy I do a lot of reading, Michael Hyatt. I don't know if you're familiar with Michael Hyatt. He has a, I have his planner right here. It's the uh, Full Focus Planner. Uh, he's, he's a new book coming out called, uh, I think it's called Focus Power. And he has the Best Year Ever book. So courses like that. I actually follow a woman named Charlene Johnson. I don't know if you know her. She started off years ago um, with Beachbody doing something called Pio, 
Okay. And it's all right. And she invented Pio, which is Pilates and yoga. Mm. But now she's more of a business coach as well as a motivational coach. She has uh, the Marketing Impact Academy class that she has online. And But she's very, um, very bubbly and, and peppy, and she gives incredible information out there. Um, so information like that, yeah. And uh, there's a. She sounds like she'd be good. Yeah, she's good. There's a, there's these series of books I just finished reading called "You're a Badass." Okay. Her name is Jennifer Sincero. You're a badass making money. You're a badass. You're a badass today. You know, just and it's funny. She's funny and she's real. And the one thing I do every single morning, I get up really early, four thirty in the morning, and I try to read something motivational. Um, I try to relax my brain, and um, I have these goal cards, affirmation cards. But they're not like cards like, oh, geez, people love me kind of cards. You know, they're, they're, they're like, you know what? I have uh, things come easy to me is my big one. Because how many times you sit down going, you know, I really don't have enough time to do something because this is going to take me hours. And then when you start the project, you're like, this took me a half an hour. Why did I wait weeks or months to get this going? So I have this card that says things come easy to me. And so to get going, start the project. And, and, and complete it because I'll be amazed how fast I get this done, faster than I thought I would. So um, those kind of things. And the world is like you go out to the world and there's so much negativity, the news and and healthcare, you know, don't be a doctor, don't do this. And, and you just have to like throw, your, throw good information into your brain every day. Absolutely. All right. So the last the interview, I love to ask these types of questions. So we're doctors. You got your rainmaker day. You're working three days. You have some associates, so it might be a little bit different for you. But so let's maybe think of the typical podiatrist here. How can you take more vacation? Because we just tend to work too much. Right. That comes from another great book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen Cobb. You're going to have me busy another. with your show notes. Got a lot of books to write. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and one of them is to sharpen the saw. And... You are a doctor, you're not productive if you're constantly working. Constantly working, your brain is going really, really fast, and you got so many amazing ideas, and you, and you, but you, you don't know what to do first, or you, you just get so frustrated, and then you get exhausted and get burnt out. So the first thing is you schedule it. Uh, where do you like to go? What time of the year is best for you? You have kids, maybe when they, they have spring break or Christmas over Christmas or something like that. When's a good time to go? And at the beginning of the year, schedule your vacation. You have something now to look forward to. And something I learned long time ago, if you're worried about, like, if the only doctor in the office and you're worried about, like, messing up the finances for that month and you wanted a two-week vacation, and so what you would do is, let's say, take two months, such as August and September, Take the last week of August and the first week of September, if you can, and then you don't mess up a whole month by taking two weeks off the same month. And then having it scheduled in advance, you can plan for that month. You can plan in the sense that, okay, you're already working less days in August, but let's really, let's really like, I don't mean work more days, but let's pack the schedule on, on, uh, you know, July and the months beforehand. Let's look at how we did July of 2018 and what do we want to increase it by 10%. How are we going to increase it by 10%? And sometimes it's not just seeing more patients. And that's, this is my Tony Robbins takeaway. One of the best things I've learned from Tony Robbins. And that is, 
Whenever you have a problem, ask yourself a better question. How can I make more money, okay, by not spending more and, and by working less? If you ask your subconscious brain a better question, it's going to give you a better answer. And it could be all of a sudden by asking it, and you go to a show, they got this little equipment, piece of equipment that now takes, does like, um, you know, a Doppler test. Like you can buy a little Doppler machine, something something like that, something inexpensive that you can put in your office that the insurances are paying for and that one of your staff members can do while you're in, another, in a room with someone else. Now you increase the purpose value by 25 to $50, something simple like that. And now you don't actually have to see more people. You don't have to actually hire more people, but you're making more money. So that's, you have to ask yourself better questions and the answers will come. I guarantee you if you ask yourself better questions. And I do like that idea of offering the services that people already might be asking for or going somewhere else to find the answer to. Yes. Because some people look at that and they're like, oh, there's that doctor just wanting to bill more per visit. And you're like, well, no, if they're already asking for a nutrition program. Right. You got the skills. Oh, that's just great. Yeah. Figure something out. And then like, now you have something to offer. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, yeah. Okay. Any hobbies? What do you do besides working all the time? <laughs> I work out. Okay. I love concerts. I got the Rolling Stones coming up and Bob Seger. I'm looking forward to that. Love uh, hanging out with my girlfriend. Um, I, play, I like to play golf and have time. Big baseball fan. And uh, go see a lot of games there. I used to play a lot of softball. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's hard. April comes, it's cold, you're 58 years old, your body's twisting, and you can't move for a few days. And I work out five, six days a week, and softball is like, it gets tough on your knees and your back and all. But, yeah, so, yeah, and no, I don't, I don't, and I love love music, all kinds of music. From, uh, you know, Cardi B, okay, give you a little Cardi B, into the, sto- all the way to the Stones. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you know, I did softball in a league for a chiropractic school, and I injured my quad. So now I've got a divot in the oh, center shoot. of my quad. I was like, are you kidding me? I was running the first base. And I'm not good, so I always played catcher. No offense to catcher. Oh, that's what happened. That's exactly what happened, Justin. You were crouching, and then you got up the next bat or whatever right after you crouched, and you tightened up your quads. And there you go. Yep. And you know what's funny? I, they, you, know, you can't bunt in softball. Uh, slice, hit, whatever you call right. it. Right. So it kind of just go past the pitcher. Just slap it, yeah. Yeah, I would slap it. I would just take off. They're like, Justin, you only get one per game. <laughs> you got to swing, man. <laughs> I was like, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to fly ball. I'm going to get out. No, I'm going to run. <laughs> and then I never played softball again. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Another big question. We'll probably end it on uh, this one. Work-life balance. We're kind of talking about it. So we'll switch a little bit to... We have spouses. We have loved ones. How are you able to keep that love alive so you don't end up divorced and you can't see your kids and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, well, <laughs> I am divorced, but that was a while ago. Uh, <laughs> so it's a great question. But that is not because of lack of time uh, with her. Different story for a different episode. Maybe. No, no. This is why we always ask because there's a lot of doctors that have that. And it's like, all right, you know, most people don't go into a marriage wanting a divorce. And if we can avoid it. Uh, That's what we want to do. Exactly. One of the big issues of that that marriage is that it was going well, and I took it for granted. When things go well, even your practice, you go, oh, it's great. I got a good month or whatever. We don't sit down and figure out why it went well. 
that's the hard thing. When things go bad, we sit down, analyze it, and we go like, I got to change this. I have to change this. Okay, fix it. But when they go well, we just assume it's just going to keep on going well. And this is like in my planner and the plans I'm doing, uh, we have, you have roles in life. You're like, you're a podiatrist or a doctor, you're an owner of a business, you're a father, you're um, a sibling, you're a spouse, you have, maybe you're religious, so whatever your religious affiliation is, that's important to you. So wherever you are, these are your roles. So then every week you decide what I'm going to do in these roles. Now, some roles might not be that important for that week, but the one where you're the significant other, that's important. So what am I going to do this week to show my love and appreciation to my significant other? And I combine that with my gratitude journal that I write in every day, and I write down great what I'm grateful for. So why so when I write when I write like I'm grateful for my girlfriend Jamie, why am I grateful? And you know, and what can I do this week to show my appreciate appreciation love? What is she going through? If we live our lives thinking about other people, now this again, this just took time to think to fix this and to get this in my head. But if you it's not about you. It's never about you. If you want it to be about you, then you have to it has to be about other people first. Then you get the reward about like people coming in and showing their appreciation and their love, but not because you want that. You're showing your love and appreciation to others because you're sincere about it. And when you leave your office, leave your office as best as you can. And then before you open up that garage door and press that button, sit in your car and say, I'm home now. It's not about me anymore. It's about them, the family, the kids, what have you. And uh, so it's about living intentionally. Uh, and, and so that's, and we don't, we just like let things happen by itself and pray that things are going to happen well, but you can make your life and make things happen in a good way. Fantastic answer. I really like the, you got all these roles. So if you're planning your week, making sure you touch all those roles this week. I like that. That's a good, it's a great way to like, make sure you don't forget something too. So that's it. Where? Can people get more information about Dr. Peter Wishney and all that he's got going on? Cool. So um, regarding our practice management, Virtual Practice Management Institute, you go to toppractices.com and click on the uh, practice management button is uh, the big one. And then my Instagram is P. Wishney. That's W-I-S-H-N-I-E. Big following there. And then my Facebook page uh, with my name as well. Um, yeah. And then, you know, my podiatry practice, by the way, it's family foot and ankle specialists. So stop foot pain fast.com. Stop foot pain fast.com. Yep. Okay. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. I, like I said, I already got some good information. Yeah, this is great. Pleasure. Well, that wraps up another episode. If you can, send me a review. That's .net slash subscribe, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Android devices. You just click that button. It'll take you exactly to the page you need to. You can write a review, hopefully a five-star review. Like I said, it does help for other people to discover what we're doing here. And one thing I haven't really talked about too much is the doctorsperspective.net slash support page. If you want to host a cup of coffee, go for it. 
If you want to pledge a little higher fee, there's buttons for that. There's even monthly recurring. For those who feel like, wow, this is like the cheapest mentor coach program I've ever seen because you interview so many different kinds of doctors and, and I've been able to implement things that I've heard and it works. So monthly recurring payments, which also can get you my books for free, t-shirts for free. Uh, the first book, you know, that deals with health and exercise, getting on a diet, getting your financial health in order as well. Things of learn in China. You know, that book is available as well. And one thing that I don't have, I don't have like a, a full blown page about coaching and things, but there's a little button there. I've had people request, hey, doctors and non-doctors asking me, can I do more than just answer a couple of questions or could you be my coach for a little while? And I say, yeah, we can do that. So it's something I haven't really advertised, but it's something that I can do and do, whether it's marketing, some strategies for new patients, growth, those types of topics. If you're interested, just email me, justin at a doctorsperspective.net. If you have any ideas for guests, please send me an email, justin at a doctorsperspective.net. I'd love to hear who you think would be good or a profession that you may not have heard yet. And we've got over 100 episodes. This is going to be like our third year. Super excited. We're going to have a little mini series like we've been doing, which has been fun. Hope you've enjoyed them as well. That's, that's the feedback I've gotten. I want to remind everybody that we have some great affiliate links available. If you're into instrument-assisted soft tissue manipulation, we've got the Edge tool and we've got the Hawk Grips. Saves you about 10%. Also with the edge, you've got the uh, like blood pressure cuff restriction system. You've got the G Suite inexpensive EMR in case you'd like doing cash practice. And of course, I got my own electric acupuncture pin to go with the no needle acupuncture book. From time to time, you know, I'll have a bundle set where you can get them all together for a great price. I also have the free downloads at doctorsperspective.net slash blueprints. And what lately I've been doing is substituting a fifth one, like I've done a knee. And depending on the guest, I might do a different type. So check back there. You've got the Primal Paleo Grass-Fed Protein Bone Broth Style. Save 10% on that. No sugar, allergy-free, gluten-free, dairy-free, all those types of things. Mentor Box, get taught by the author. We got Set for Set for those floss bands that you may have heard about on one of the episodes. I really like those. If you want to know what hosting I use for podcasting, it's Blueberry. Pure VPN, that's one of those ones I use to help keep my payments secure as well as access the internet more safely. Any Amazon products that you might want, click the link in the show notes pages. So all those resources can be found at doctorsperspective.net slash resources. There's also t-shirts at .net slash t-shirts. Put up some new designs from time to time, like making lemons out of lemonade, shrimp po' boy, plus all the chiropractic and podcast swag that you could want. As always, listen, critically think, and implement. Have a great week. We just went hashtag behind the curtain. I hope you will listen and integrate what some of these guests have said. By all means, please share across your social media, write a review, and if you go to the show notes page, you can find all the references for today's guest. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you a doctor's perspective.